0: Hi, and welcome to week 15 of our continuing Bible study series in Paul's letter to the Church at Rome. This wonderful letter that is theologically rich, that centers us on God's reconciling work in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, that teaches us about the Christian life and what it means to live in covenant community with one another. I hope that you have been blessed as we three pastors have been facilitating teaching from this Bible study series. Let us join our hearts together in prayer as we enter our study in Romans chapter 14, verses one through 23. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks and praise for who you are and who you are to us in Jesus Christ, that each and every day and each and every week, you gather us in the power of your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ to study your word Might your spirit lead us into all truth. Might you grant us wisdom. Might you crown us with your love. We thank you, O Lord, that in Jesus Christ, life, death, and resurrection, you have freed us. You have granted us freedom to love you and to love one another and indeed to love the world, the the world for which Christ gave his life, that we might have life. Bless us now, we pray, for it is in Jesus Christ we offer these things. Amen. If you have your Bibles or... I mean, if you don't, just hear this reading from Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 23. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for you to make others fall by what you eat. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. The faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. But those who have doubts are condemned if they eat because they do not act from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Holy wisdom, holy words. And everyone says, thanks be to God. Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 23 is about our freedom. God's freedom that he has granted us in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And with freedoms, the right to freedom comes responsibilities. Now, this is not freedom or liberty in the American Constitution sense of things and the Declaration of Independence, not so much about that. This is the freedom that because of the power of sin and the penalty of sin, of death, that it was necessary for Christ to live, Christ to die, Christ to rise again, so that we might be freed from the power of sin and therefore that we would be able to have uh, been given the knowledge of sin. and the knowledge of sin and the knowledge of good and evil, that we would be able to be freed. We would be able to have the agency, the ability and capacity guided by the spirit, guided by the word of God to make the right decisions. And that is that we would be free to love God, to praise God and to love one another. But oftentimes, as we know, the power of sin sometimes overwhelms and that we sometimes uh, fall into sin and don't love God and love one another as we ought to. And this is what the Apostle Paul is finding um, and is exhorting, that is, offering a pastoral exhortation to the believers at the church at Rome that even as we have been given the right to be free because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection in the Holy Spirit, there are certain responsibilities. With, with rights comes overwhelming responsibilities. And what is that responsibility? that each of us as believers in Jesus Christ have the responsibility to love God, to honor God, to delight in things that that God delights in, and to upbuild one another. That we would help others, not to lord over things, not to condemn others, not to judge others, but how is it that we can be a part of helping fellow believers to flourish, to flourish in their in their walk with Jesus Christ, to flourish in how they understand the faith and how they engage the living faith that God has given in Christ. And so this is about that, freedoms, rights, and responsibilities. As I've said in past studies, both in Romans and in other of the New Testament epistles, the um, some of the predominant concerns of the um, early worshiping communities in the first century AD or the first century common era was that The early worshiping communities were trying to wrestle and grapple with how to live out the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, who was physically not present with them, who was already ascended and seated at the right hand of God the Father, as we confess in the creed. And how is it that believers, both Gentiles and Jews, are to understand their relationship in the covenant, the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Jacob, Queen Esther, that covenant, and the covenant, um, that covenant that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, how is it that uh, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians are to understand living together, living in community. And so that relationship, the covenant community, was a big challenge that the early apostles, the early church leaders, early worshiping communities had to grapple and wrestle with And Many, almost all of the New Testament letters, almost all of them, not all of them, but almost all of them um, are I'm um, dealing with that very question, the relationship of Jews and Gentiles and even um, Jews in the diaspora, those who had to flee from uh, Jerusalem because of persecution and are now gathering together and are finding that certain communities, and such as this one, the Church of Rome, that they're, they are now being called to live with Gentile Christians. And so how is it that Gentile Christians are to live in view of the Mosaic law, in view of the um, Old Testament scriptures, which was... Uh, the scriptures that were received and um, being taught uh, in the the early worshiping communities of the first century church. And so we look at Romans chapter 14, as I said, verses one through 23, and what is happening there is that um, uh, believers in the church of Rome are using their freedom, their rights of freedom in God, in Christ, uh, to do certain things. And as we see in uh, verses one through four, one of the ways in which this is this has a practical impact, where this conflict is being um, is being engaged with, is about diet. Now, diet here in the American culture, uh, in our culture, that's an easy um, thing for us to think about because we think of oftentimes so many dietary regimens, whether it be, be um, the the Keto diet, or whether it be Mediterranean diet, or whatever might be the latest fad, whatever might be the particular regimen that you follow. Sometimes I follow some things here, here, and there. One of the things that um, is my pet peeve, and it's probably yours, is that when you're with someone, or when and when you're with a group of people, if you want to order, let's say, a ribeye steak, and I talked about ribeye steaks so many times, ribeye steak, and I, I believe that you know what I want to enjoy this ribeye steak, but then I'm in the company of someone who doesn't really care for steak doesn't really care, for instance, for, um, for anything that's, that is meat or anything that, that used to walk or that used to swim. And we oftentimes will feel guilty, right, if that person uses body language or makes some, uh, some remark that perhaps my meat diet uh, is not as healthy as what they're eating, which might be quinoa or some chickpea creation or something like that. Or take, for instance, if there's some days where I don't want to eat a donut, and I know at Village Church we like to eat donuts, and if someone is eating uh, donuts and I'm trying to not eat donuts on that week or that month, will I take the attitude and comport myself in such a way that I make the other person guilty or I make the other person feel bad that they're eating the a second helping of donuts, right? That's what is somewhat is uh, happening here in Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, about dietary restrictions and how are believers understanding um, diet. Now, why was diet um, important? Or why was uh, what was being eaten important? Well, as I said, um, those in the diaspora, those who had left Jerusalem, those who were dispersed because of Roman persecution, were now gathering together in communities in Gentile communities, those who are living in the faith, those who are learning about the commandments and the Old, Old Testament um, scriptures and so forth, and in the market, in the common marketplace where there were uh, various meats that were sold, various meats that were being served, some of those meats were used in pagan temples, and one couldn't distinguish uh, whether it be this particular uh, uh, slice of beef or this particular slice of lamb was had been at a pagan temple used in in sacrifices and offerings and so forth, or whether this one was straight from the farm. And so making that distinction, uh, some would use their freedom, some would use their right in order to lord it over, in order to question the other person, well, should you be eating that? Are you sure that you wanna eat that? And it wasn't so much about opinions, it was more about they were now using uh, theology they were using the old testament scripture somehow to sort of justify to label or to make the other person feel less than and romans chapter 14 verses one through four is saying that whatever we eat whatever we drink so as long as we honor god right uh, look at 1 corinthians 10 31 another place where the apostle paul will, will address this where he says whatever we eat or drink or whatever you do do it all to the glory of god right so the Apostle Paul is, is, is honing this point that don't lord over your freedom, whether it be about a diet. Um, don't make someone feel bad. Don't make someone feel guilty. Um, if they have determined that that is what they want to do, um, you know, that so as long as they honor God and delight God, so, as long as they give thanks to God for the source of that of that food. Um, Let's not lord over those freedoms. It's not going to stifle faith. It's not going to diminish faith or their belongingness to the covenant because we are in this together. God has brought us together, not on the basis of of food or drink, but solely because of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul then switches to verses 5 through 12 and expands now um, the perspective or the approach from diet to how we live our days, how do we regard our days, the times, our life, and the end of things. In other words, beyond diet, how do we regard life itself? How do we regard each and every day? How do we regard the times of the day? And here, the Apostle Paul um, recognizes that there were some believers in the church at Rome who felt that some days were more sacred than others. Uh, Think about, you know, if you regard perhaps Tuesdays will be your day for exercise or for working out. Wednesdays is your Bible study day. Maybe Thursdays your time for rest. But what if others have a different rhythm? What if others are like, well, I'm gonna exercise Monday through Thursday. And Friday, I'm gonna to go to the beach. And Saturday, I'm gonna do my grocery shopping. One may say, well, why don't you just exercise every day? or why didn't you go to the beach every day, or whatever might be the case. There again, we are making some sort of, casting some sort of doubt. Is that the right choice, my neighbor? Is that the right choice, my friend, right? And, and so the Apostle Paul, again, is driving home the point, it's not about the days, it is about how do we use those days to honor God, to delight in God, to delight in the, in the presence of God, to delight in the, in the love of God, in God's provision, God's blessings. Likewise with time. That all time, all time belongs to God. And so we, we regard everything that we have on God's terms, which is that we glorify God and enjoy God forever. As the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Westminster Shorter and Larger Catechism teaches us, right? That life is about glorifying God and enjoying God forever. Look at, um, look at uh, the verses in verses 7 through 12. The Apostle Paul reminds the believers, we all belong to God. Right in life and in death, we belong to God, and that is why Christ lived and died and rose again. That He gave His life, not for the food or the drink, but that we would enjoy, that we would have life. We would have life. We would have freedom to know Him, to love Him, to love one another, and to share that love and life. And so, He demonstrates that by His life and by His death, all of life, all all of death itself, belongs to God. And so, therefore, He concludes. In the closing verses there, in that verses 7 through 12, therefore, because Jesus Christ is Lord over the living and the dead, we will all be accountable to God. Now, the prior chapters in Romans uh, spoke about God's judgment. And here, because um, Jesus Christ has taken care of judgment, right? Jesus Christ has taken care of the penalty of sin, which is death. That the being accountable to God is, how is it that we are going to give account to the quality of of our following Jesus, how are we going to give account for? This is how we followed Christ in our life. This is how we um, did. We have a deep love for God. Did we have a deep love for uh, for fellow believers? Did we have a deep love for um, for all of humanity? Did we care for those outside of the community, the hungry, um, you know, the poor, uh, the disabled, the orphan, the widows? Did we care for those whom? God cares for and God loves, right? And so we will give account, not in the sense of that God will strike us with a lightning bolt and and, uh, and throw us in a lake of fire, no, but that we would need to give account of how did we live the freedom that God gave to us in Christ? We now go to Romans chapter 14, verses 13 through 16, where the apostle Paul drives home this point, where he gives essentially a very clear a very unambiguous no, don't judge fellow believers. We are not in the place of the judge. Um, God has taken care of judgment in Christ. And that we become less free, because we're already free, right? We have freedom. But we become, we act as if we're less free when we begin to judge others, when we begin to, um, when we judge others, when we make them question unnecessarily their their own decision of what they want to eat or what they want to drink or how they want to spend this this particular day. Now, of course, if our neighbor, if our friend, if a stranger is doing something that is not honoring God, then there are other sections in the scripture that talks about let us, um, you know, let us correct one another, let us offer reproach. That is a very biblical thing. But by and large, If there are um, areas in life and uh, some uh, decisions or choices that people have made that they're seeking to honor God, that they're seeking to glorify God, that they're seeking to delight in God's blessings, um, you know, then we ought not to lord over our own freedom. We ought not to impinge. Right. But to um, but not to judge. And so. And so. you know, what does it mean to exercise our freedom in a good way, in a clean way? Or he talks about the unclean way, right? An unclean way would be, you know, when we do try to restrict uh, other people's freedom to love God and to engage in their faith and how they are trying to live out faith or they're trying to figure out what faith means. Um, an unclean response would be when we um, essentially become a stumbling block to fellow believers, when we perhaps Will make them feel guilty, where we'll make them feel in despair, where we make them begin to question, boy, am I really a child of God or am I really loved by God? And the apostle Paul wants to say, look, their freedom is connected with love. God loved us in, God loved and loves us and forever will love us in Jesus Christ through the Spirit because He loves us. Are we? upbuilding our neighbor, are we seeking peace? Are we seeking the mutual edification of one another out of love, out of genuine love, that we want everyone to flourish. We want everyone to, to love God and to love one another. Um, are we encouraging them? Are we encouraging our neighbor, our, our, the stranger, our friends, our neighbors, etc., um, to to love, to follow a course of action in order that they would love Love not so much the rules, or, or or love the diet, or love the day, or love the particular time, or whatever may be the case, but that their love will increase for for God and for others, right? And so that's what the apostle Paul talks about in verses seventeen through twenty-three. That faith is not so much about food and drink, but about righteousness, about peace and joy. Now we know from prior uh, prior lessons in 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 Romans that righteousness is linked with justice, right? So when he talks about, when the Apostle Paul talks about here that the kingdom of God is not so much about food and drink but about righteousness, we can almost insert there justice, that this is about how God is about righting the wrongs in the world, the powers and principalities, the habits and attitudes that have created um, schisms and chasms that has separated, that has, um, created conflict that has been that has created um, uh, uh, stereotypes and bias, uh, injustices, inequities, disparities. All of those, right? That God is about righting the wrongs, righting the wrongs of where um, human beings have used their power, their privilege to lord over others, to separate others, to to say or to uh, make others feel that they're less than. And so. The kingdom of God is about righteousness or justice and about peace, about peace, about living reconciled lives and relationships and about joy, about gifts of thanksgiving. That's what the kingdom of God is about. That is what the reign of God in our hearts are about, led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So what does this look like? What does love look like? It looks like peaceable relationships, as the Apostle Paul says, and mutual edification, that we're about building community. Building community, not for the sake of just being community, but that the love would, just like a pebble dropped in a in a in a lake, that it will um, spread out. That the love of God, the life of God, will spread out from the community indeed to the entire world. And so, when one acts by faith, we do take a risk, right? When we when we act by faith, we take a risk. And if you if you yourself have made a decision based on what you have discerned is the leading of Christ and the Holy Spirit and you decide to do this course of action to eat this or to drink that or to do this on a certain day, then go ahead and follow through with that. Um, if there are some others uh, uh, that are not sure, right? That are not sure, are we casting doubt? Are we uh, being a stumbling block for them? Are we being a source of sin? Are we living consistent lives? Now hear and listen to what how the message translation closes these verses in verses 22 through 23. Let me read it to you. This is what the message says. Cultivate your own relationship with God, but don't impose it on others. You're fortunate if your behavior and your belief are coherent. But if you're not sure, if you notice that you are acting in ways inconsistent with what you believe, some days trying to impose your opinions on others and other days just trying to please them, then you know that you're out of line. If the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. And that's what he says in verse 23. So might we turn to Christ, turn and turn to Christ in community as we seek to live out the right that we've been given in Christ and the responsibilities that we have for one another. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks and praise that you have granted us freedom to live for you, to live in you, and to live through you. Help us, O Lord, to live with that freedom that we are free to love you and to love one another, that we would do so to build up one another, build up one one another in love. And so bless us, O Lord, we pray, and help us, teach us, and guide us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and everyone says, Amen.